Episode 34, The Three Money Lies Keeping You Stuck and How to Overcome Them. My name is Dan Mason. In 2012, I was overweight, getting divorced, battling depression, and feeling trapped in a career where I was successful, but bored and unfulfilled. And it's actually the greatest gift I've ever been given. I used my pain as a springboard to discover my life's purpose. Now, I want to share the same tools and strategies which help transform my life with you so you can live Life Amplified. Zig Ziglar famously said, money isn't the most important thing in life, but it's reasonably close to oxygen on the gotta have it scale. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, today's topic, not gonna be a new one for you. It's something that we've talked about before, but it's also something that we need to revisit because for all the excuses that I hear from people about why they're staying stuck, you know, people will talk about they don't have time to make a change. They'll talk about fear of rejection. They'll talk about fear of failure. But at the top of the list, it's the beliefs and fears and stories we tell ourselves about money that will keep us chained to a soul-sucking job years longer than we need to be there. It will keep us stuck in toxic marriages that we should have left years before. And if you think about all the weird relationships that we have in our life, you know, it can be with our family of origin who we don't believe loved us enough. We can certainly have weird romantic relationships. I believe one of the most screwed up relationships that you and I can carry as adults is the one that we have with money. So that's what we're going to dive into today. And I want to start out with a post that I saw in our private Facebook group for Life Amplified podcast listeners, which at this point, we've got over 550 people in there from all over the world. If you'd love to join us, you can check the link in the show notes. But I asked our tribe, how would you describe your relationship with money? And what's interesting is I didn't get a ton of responses on it because I think money is such a triggering topic. We can carry so much shame and guilt around the idea of money. I only had about four responses, but this one was the most honest. It comes from Ashley. She says, money is a touchy subject for me. I know I need it, but I don't like it. Not because I don't have it. I have enough to cover my needs, but don't extend much effort in obtaining more for my wants and desires. I feel guilty for having money or having excess. I share my money too easily, which can get me in difficult circumstances and create tensions in relationships. My conservative parents don't understand my lack of interest in hoarding the Benjamins. I have goals in life, like continued travel that would require me to earn a lot more. However, I struggle with the idea of leaving the industry I love so much for a higher paying one. I'm hindering my overall happiness by keeping a distant relationship with money and by not earning a thriving income. What a beautiful, vulnerable response, Ashley, and I honor you so much for sharing that. And I also want you to know you're not alone because I see this happen time and time again. I think about some client conversations I just had recently. There's a gentleman I'm coaching who has a great job, makes great money, but has some entrepreneurial dreams. He wants to start like a t-shirt and a clothing line. And he talked about how he could make millions of dollars because he believed so much in his idea. But the next thing out of his mouth was, but who am I to have that much money? Why do I need that much money? And then I was talking to a mom whose kids were getting older and she wanted to get a nicer car. She wanted to get a Chevy Tahoe to drive her kids around in. But she was scared to speak up for that desire and to invest the money in the car because her next door neighbor was out of work and not doing well. She was afraid she would make her neighbor feel bad by spending money on something that was nice for her. Can you relate to this at all? Let's think about the belief that was underneath that statement, that somehow money makes you a bad 
person? And how many of you grew up in a home or a church environment where you were told money was the root of all evil? Really? Is that the case? Ask Bill Gates about that. Bill Gates was once the richest man in the world. He no longer is. He's been passed up by Jeff Bezos. But the only reason Bill Gates is no longer the richest man in the world is because he gave most of his money away. He developed the Gates Foundation and they've done amazing work all over the world. So money makes you more of who you are. It doesn't change who you are. We see this over and over with stories of lottery winners. Have you ever seen the statistics on people who win Powerball? 70% of them are either broke or dead within seven years. Because it's not really about money, it's about the patterns that you have underneath it. If you're a person looking to numb out and run away from your trauma, and addiction is your vehicle to do that, you win 500 million in the Powerball, and now you got 500 million more ways to numb yourself out and stay in addiction. If you're a person who can't set boundaries and you get taken advantage of by people in your life who are constantly, you know, asking you for money and you can't say no. If you win Powerball, you got a whole lot more reasons that you're going to feel like you have to say yes to them. And in some cases, some family dynamics are so toxic. I mean, you've probably seen these stories on some of those true crime shows that I love to watch. Somebody comes into an enormous amount of money through an insurance policy or, or through lottery winnings, and then family members plot to have them killed. So money in and of itself is not the issue. But what I want to try to show you through an exercise later today is that your relationship with money is not just unique to money. It's actually just your relationships, period. Because you're going to recreate the same dynamic you have with money and your family relationships and your intimate relationships. And I'll prove to you how coming up in a little bit. So let's talk about some of the beliefs that keep you stuck when it comes to money. And number one was so beautifully illustrated by Ashley and her share in the Facebook group. The idea of feeling guilty for wanting money. Sometimes we think it's not spiritual to have it, that it makes us greedy, that it makes us a bad person. But I want you to think about whatever it is that you desire in life. For my one client, it was just to get a Chevy Tahoe. For you, it might be to have a million dollars. Maybe you want to have a nicer house. So the first thing I want to do is talk about the word desire. It comes from the Latin meaning of the Father to mean that it is of spirit, God, source that your desire springs forth from and that there is a sacred aspect to our desires. So think about it. You judge yourself so much for the things that you want, yet those desires didn't come from you. They were given to you by your creator. You know, on this podcast, I don't use the word God a lot because I know that's very triggering. So for you, it could be the universe. It could be Mother Earth. It could be karma. It could be destiny, whatever you believe in. But the whole reason you're given the desire is as it comes from the same universal intelligence that gave you a heartbeat and gave you lungs that keep you alive without you even asking for it. So therefore, it's not about you. It's about what you have been put on earth to bring to life and to have. And you do live in a universe that wants you to be abundant because we see this example in nature all the time. Literally every living thing in nature is put in an environment where it has all of its needs met. It has everything it needs to survive. Think about the flower that still finds a way to grow through the concrete cracks in your driveway. Even then, underneath all the concrete, there's soil, there's nutrients, and that flower is able to push through ridiculous circumstances to grow and to thrive. 
Bees are created in proximity to flowers because of the cross-pollination. You know, if you watch anything on Animal Planet or ocean documentaries, there are bigger fish in the ocean that eat the smaller fish and even bigger fish that eat the big fish. There is a circle of life if you think about the Lion King. Now, the exception to this rule when we talk about everything being given what it needs is how man has screwed things up through how we treat the environment. I mean, you see what's happening with climate change and global warming. Whether or not you believe in that, you've certainly seen the evidence of melting polar ice caps and all the things that are happening in the world and how it affects nature. I mean, bees are almost going extinct right now because of the things going on on the planet. But if you just look at the natural order of things before we got in the way, everything in nature has what it needed to survive. So why would you be any different? And by the way, no matter who you are and where you're listening from right now in the world, my chances are if you can even listen to a podcast on your smartphone, you're already abundant. Regardless of what your beliefs are about what you have right now, 75% of the planet lives off less than $2 a day. So you're already abundant. And we're not having a conversation here about just getting by, about just scraping by. We're having a conversation about thriving and that your desires matter because they were given to you by something outside of yourself. You are here to fulfill your desires. You are here to live your purpose because you were created in a universe that built you to live your purpose and bring that to life. And I wanna say two more things about this idea of, you know, I feel guilty for having money when so many people in the world are struggling and have less. You know, we like to play this martyr system that somehow it makes us a better person when we play small because there's people out there who have less than we do. And James Wedmore, who is a brilliant online entrepreneur. I would love to get him as a guest here on the podcast to talk about money one day. But I recently heard him say this, how does you not making more money help others with less than you? Think about that. How do you help lift others up when you have no means or no ability to help others? I saw a guy speaking in an entrepreneur convention, and it was pretty spectacular. You know, he's made a lot of money in the online marketing space. His name's Stu McLaren. He has this beautiful wife, and they work together. He's got his online marketing business, but they also have a charity that she runs, and they built it together where they go build schools for underprivileged people in Kenya. Not only do they build the schools, they're able to finance a teacher's salary, and that's their passion project. But Stu grew up in a pretty poor family in Toronto, Canada. Both his parents were working two separate jobs and they were fighting to make ends meet. And then, you know, Stu went away to college, started to make real money in the online space. He said his threshold for income was about $300,000. Once he hit that amount, he started to feel guilty for making more than that because he watched his parents just go paycheck to paycheck in these low paying jobs. He's like, well, who am I to have this money? And the minute that everything changed for him is he realized that once he started making even more money, he could do more good in the world. And that's when his charity was founded. You can look them up online. They're called Village Impact. I donated to them earlier this year. It's incredible what they're doing. But by him truly stepping into the wealth he desires, it gives him more ability to help people around him and help others in the world who are less fortunate. So yes, the world needs you to discover your purpose, to bring it to life, to thrive financially because you can do more for other people.
One of the greatest highlights of my 2018 so far was the fact that I was able to build a couple wells through Scott Harrison and his organization Charity Water. When I first saw him speak and I knew it was like $10,000 to build a well, I was like, there's no way I can't even make a dent in that. Because, you know, at that point, I was still in the story of I've got to work hard, i got to struggle and pay my dues as an entrepreneur. But here I am at the midway point of 2018. I was able to team up with my friends at the Elvis Duran Show. We did a fundraiser here through this podcast and together we were all able to build a couple wells to bring clean drinking water to people who don't have it. None of that would be possible. I couldn't be donating to that charity every month if I weren't thriving in my own business and the same opportunity is there for you right now. Another money story that we carry. This was a big one for me. I've got to work hard to make it. I've got to work so hard. I've got to hustle. I've got to run myself into the ground. Be honest with yourself. Have you told yourself that story? Are you a person who works 60 hours a week for a company paying you on a salary to only work 40? Are you giving 50% more just because you believe that that's what you have to do to thrive? Yeah, a lot of people are doing that. So many people I talk to are in that cycle. But you know what? Have you ever noticed that there's other people out there who are working hard and still not making money? What if hard work had nothing to do with it? Because there are people in some really tough manual labor jobs making just the bare minimum to get by. And they're working as many hours. So is it really about the number of hours that you're working? And where does that story come from? And what I would argue with you is that so many of the stories and beliefs you carry about money aren't even yours to begin with. They were passed down to you. They were gifted to you. Thanks, mom and dad. They were given to you by your family. If you go back generationally, there was a time when people really did have reason to be scarce about money. You know, my grandparents grew up in the Great Depression. That was a tough time. People didn't know how they were going to get by. But if I think about that, my grandparents passed down that idea of you've got to work hard, you got to hustle, you got to hustle to my parents and my dad certainly you know he's still you know my dad's 67 years old he's retired but he's still got his hand in a bunch of different projects and working hard because there's that mentality of i gotta go i gotta go i gotta hustle you know gary v as much as i respect him one of the people out there in this generation right now is like you gotta hustle you gotta grind 24 7 and i sort of laugh at it sometimes because when you look at gary he looks like he hadn't slept in 30 years i love the guy i love his message i love his passion but i also want him to to be around at age 60 to watch his kids and grandkids grow up. You can work so hard that you drag yourself into the ground and kill yourself. You know, what good is all that money if you're having a stroke or you're unhealthy at the end of it? And I'm sure if Gary were here on the podcast, he'd probably say that's a risk he's willing to take because he loves the game and God bless him. But my goal here is to dig under the surface and really start to question our beliefs because there are so many people that have that employee mindset. And it's been going on, you know, since the Industrial Revolution that you work long after hours, you put in more than the required effort, and then maybe you get a little bonus at the end. And that reward makes you feel good, right? Gives you a little bit more money for the family. Gives you that sense of self-esteem that maybe I'm valuable to this organization. But if you're going to stay in an employee mindset, you're never really going to be free. If you believe that your well-being is attached to a corporation, that you need to put in overtime for someone else to help them build their dream to keep your family afloat, you can certainly do that and you can make a lot of money. But will you feel fulfilled? 
ask yourself that question. And maybe for you, you do. But I don't think you come and listen to this podcast about finding your purpose and thriving in your purpose if you feel like you're crushing it in all areas of your life right now. So we want to let go of that employee mindset and embrace an entrepreneur mindset. It's one of the biggest things that ran me ragged in the early days of my business is I was just so busy doing busy work. I got to work, 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 work to make my business, you know, to find clients and to put myself out there. But where I'm at right now, at the point where I'm making more money than I was in corporate America, is I'm actually working less hours. You know, there's times of intensity, like when I'm in the middle of launching a brand new program where I'll put in my 50 to 60 hours a week. But by and large, it's nowhere near that. You know, I got to launch a coaching program a few weeks ago, my group program, while I was hiking through the Rocky Mountains in Canada. It was incredible. But that comes from having an entrepreneur mindset that I don't have to suck on the teat of corporate America to support myself and to keep an income coming in. And now that's my new reality. I'll never go back to corporate. And I don't say these things to be cocky or to brag. I say it because I want to prove to you I want my life to be an example of what is possible for you. That yes, you can get away. You can overcome. You can do work that you love that also makes an impact in the lives of others and you can get paid abundantly to do it because a Abundance is your birthright. Story number three, keeping you stuck when it comes to money, is there's not enough for me. You know what's fascinating? This blew my mind when one of my mentors pointed this out to me. Do you realize that greed and poverty come from the exact same mindset? They're both born out of a belief that there is never enough for me. And people who get money will hoard it. They'll hang on to it. They're terrified to give it up because they're afraid it's going to go away. And yet there's people who are living right now in in what I would call Western poverty. Again, 75% of the world is living off less than $2 a day. You're not as poor as you think. But the idea of Western world poverty is, oh my God, there's not enough for me. So I can never actually spend what I have to invest in my own growth. I can never spend what I have to invest in my future, to invest in the business I want to launch because there's not enough. And it's the two ends of the spectrum. Yet again, it's another belief that's not true. There's never been more millionaires in the history of the world than there are right now. And if you just want to make $1 million, when you think about all the wealth that exists in the world, it's like going into the ocean and taking a teacup of water out. That's how much wealth exists in the world. In fact, the U.S. government, this stat blew my mind, prints $541 million in new money per day. We just print it. We print it all day long and send it into circulation. Now, some of that is to replace old money that's coming out of circulation. But you get the point on this, right? That money at this point in the age we live in, it's not even a tangible thing that we hold anymore. Most of us just live off the balance on our debit card. And if you look with like the Bitcoin phenomenon, it's not even a real thing. Nobody even owns a Bitcoin. It's just this fictitious currency we made up that exists on a computer hard drive. And my God, there were people who invested $1,000 who are now making millions in it because new currency is being developed all the time. So there is plenty of wealth. There is enough to go around, but you need an empowered mindset that is going to able you to tap into it. You need to let go of the feelings of guilt that says, I am wrong for wanting my piece of the wealth. You need to let go of the belief that if there is enough for you, if you have an abundance, that it's taking away from other people. 
And finally, I'll leave you today with this. What if the relationship you keep with money is actually just a mirror of every other relationship that you have in your life? One of my mentors put us through an exercise recently where we had to write sort of our Dear John letter to money. Think of it as like the Lifetime original movie. We had to write this really emotional letter to money. And some of the prompts that we were given to consider, and this is such a great exercise, and I really hope that you do this. You can always go back and rewind to this point in the podcast, and you can get some of these prompts, and you can work on your letter yourself. But some things to consider is how does having money make you feel? And how does not having money make you feel? How does having or not having money make you feel about yourself? And how do you feel about other people that either have or don't have money? And ultimately, how much space does money take up in your life and mind? And I didn't really think of this at the time, but I started writing this letter to money. And what came out for me was the fact that I was terrified money was going to leave me. Because I had a lot of money. It came freely to me when I worked in corporate America, but I was being a sellout and abandoning myself. When I was trying to be this phony version, you know, some shuck and jive like media executive, glad handing in the hallway, money came to me freely. But I didn't feel like I could earn it if I was being myself. And then once I started stepping out into this more spiritual life coaching side, money went away quickly. It evaporated. And it's only been recently that it's come back, but I don't trust entirely that money is going to stay. There's still part of me that lives in that fear of abandonment. As I'm writing my money love letter, I'm like, money, I'm terrified you're going to leave me. You know, I'm terrified that you will only stay in my life if I'm out playing the game and being a version of myself that I'm not. And what I realized in this moment is that that letter as I wrote it could have also been written to so many of my old romantic relationships. You know, being terrified that somebody was going to leave me. You know, there's lots of books on this and maybe it's a great topic for us to discuss one day. But when it comes to romantic relationships, everybody fits in one of two models. You're either the love addict who has fear of abandonment or you're the love avoidant who is scared of getting attached to people. And generally what happens in romantic relationships, because this is God's sense of humor, right, is that the love avoidant always ends up attracted to the love addict. And that's how we trigger each other. And, you know, why romantic relationships are such a great opportunity for healing at the end of the day. But you can also create those dynamics with money as well. I realized in that moment, oh my God, I'm terrified of money abandoning me. And I'm terrified that it won't stick around if I keep living as my truest self, that I have to give up myself to make other people happy in order to get money to stick around. So I would encourage you to go through writing this letter on your own using those prompts I gave you and just see what comes up for you. Keep a sense of curiosity. And I would love it if you joined our Life Amplified Facebook Power Tribe. Again, the link to join the group is here in the show notes and actually shared your money love letter. And notice what comes up. Does this sound familiar? Is your relationship with money more just about relationship period? And then the next thing to do is write the letter in terms of what is the relationship that you want to have with money? What would be the healthier relationship that you want to have? Because we got to let go of these old stories and old beliefs. One of the great quotes that my mentor shared with me as we did this coaching around the idea of abundance is, you know, when all else fails, question your beliefs, not your faith. 
your beliefs aren't always true. There was times we carried a belief that the earth was flat. There's times we carried beliefs that women shouldn't be able to vote, but our beliefs can change over time. Your faith, no matter where you're at today, whether you have a million dollars in the bank or whether you're down to your last hundred, your faith has got to be immovable. And remembering that idea that your higher power wants you to be abundant. It's in the Latin roots of the word desire. I hope this episode really opens your eyes today. I hope it makes a difference. Money is the conversation I find myself having with clients more than anything when it comes to barriers about breaking through. So I hope this helps you reframe the discussion and gives you a little more confidence that maybe now is the time to invest in yourself by starting your business or investing in coaching or mentoring to help you get clear on what your purpose is. I hope this gets you out of that scarcity mindset and gets you to start embracing abundance because we live in an abundant universe. You can't count the clouds in the sky. You can't count the number of blades of grass on your front lawn. There's more than enough to go around and my great wish is that you tap into it. And if you need any additional assistance around this idea, you can always find out more about how to work with me, creativesoulcoaching.net, or you can email me directly, dan at creativesoulcoaching.net. I'm going to be making some announcements soon about a brand new option. If you want to come spend an entire day with me in New York City, spend a day dedicated to getting clear on your purpose, your personal growth, plus going out and hanging out and seeing the city with me doing a Broadway show and dinner. I'm going to be launching VIP days coming up soon. So this will be great if you happen to be traveling into the city or if you're one of my New York listeners. I can give you some more information on that. Of course, I've also got my coaching packages designed to help you get clear on your purpose and create a career and a life you love. In the meantime, turn down the volume on your negativity, turn up the volume on your purpose so you can get out there and live life and Amplified. I love you for listening.